there's no hard and fast way to do anything. And if we manage to get someone thinking about their life just by talking about how fucked up ours are, then I think we've done our job. Yeah. My whole face was just cuddles. Yeah. I cuddled a lot of men at one time. But it's a mentality. Like, I was a fuckboy and I'm willing to admit it. Have you fucked your whole past <laughs> is the question she's trying to ask. Where do men draw the line? Like, I've got the break fast at 12 or then there's no... But sometimes I put, like, an emoji next to it to kind of hint at what kind of sex oh it was. Oh, my God. <laughs> okay, but seriously... Moving on. Um, welcome, everybody, to a new episode of OK But Seriously, 40-something. 45? 40, 40, 44? 45. 45. I no, don't I don't, literally don't know anymore. Um, we're going to stop counting now because I think it's pretty lame. But, um, yes, a new episode for us this week. And, yeah, that's about all I've got. I'm going to go back to my energy drink. Steph, stop take it, it away. No, I'm super lethargic. This isn't nice. Um, so I'm going through this... Um non-caffeine thing right now and then <laughs> this morning, I don't know why you do that that's the dumbest thing I've ever heard no I don't know why I'm doing it either although did I tell you I'm back on coffee do you know this like a good no, job, I'm I'm like. I'm less worried about the I'm back on coffee part and more worried about the non-caffeine but back on coffee are you telling me you're drinking decaf because that is the no, biggest waste of time it, I understand that no no I'm back on coffee um but I'm just not back on energy drinks and unfortunately I don't have a coffee machine in my house or a kettle for that. Kettle you can get for like seven bucks from Kmart. What are you doing? It's not about that. My pretty nice kettle is at my ex's place. But for me to go take all of my stuff back at this point, I feel like it would be kind of rude. I'm getting there. All right. Stop it. Okay. Stop with the judgy face. Oh, that's um, okay. No. So uncaffeinated, um, tired, slept in until 10 a.m. today. Have not slept in until t- You slept in until what, 5.30? Yep. Yep, you lazy motherfucker. I ruined oh. the whole morning as well. Literally ruined the whole morning because I slept until 5.30. Like the whole damn thing. Well, 10 a.m. over here. Um, and I think I might have overslept, although I went to bed at 1. So, I don't know. Yeah, see, I went to bed at 10. I woke up at 5.30. I ruined the whole morning. It's fine. Um, then we went to a cafe in Palmy, And um, I've been listening to... Paul Moore will save your life, the audiobook. Yeah. And he was like, he was like, the first thing I say to people, he's got like a scouse, uh, not a scouse accent, a um, like a Newcastle Geordie accent. And he's like, the first thing I say to people when I when I coach them is, if we were having this conversation in three months, what would you want your life to look like? Mm. If we were having this conversation in six months, what would you want your life to look like? Blah, blah, blah. Two to 12 months. So Matt and I sat there with a pen and paper and figured out what our life would look like in three, six and 12 months um, and then did that and then eventually went to the gym. But we were supposed to be in the gym at 5.30. <laughs> so I fucked it. I fucked the whole damn thing. Um, but it's fine. We got there in the end and I saw my baby cousin and my auntie this morning because um, I've, I've had a whole damn 24 hours. Well, I've had a whole damn week in terms of headspace. So um, it was nice tell to more. tell us more. Tell us um, more. Before we delve into that, because I think that will go into like what we're going to talk about for the, to- the whole topic today. Yeah. But I would first like to point out something that is ridiculous that happened to me yesterday or the day before. No, yesterday. So I've obviously been training pretty hard and um, my body has changed shape and I've lost a little bit of weight, but like not a massive amount because I've just like recomped my body. Um, but... My pants were starting to fall down Ooh. because my waist is not what it used to be. And I was like, you know what? I'm going to go get a belt. Mm-hmm. So I'm a couple of minutes early to work. So I was like, fuck it. I'm going to go now. And I was like, pretty, you know, it's a belt, whatever. I'll run into Kmart and grab one. So ran into Kmart, tried to get a belt. The size small for the women, too big. Wearing a children's belt right now? Yes. <laughs> so then I'm wandering around Kmart being like, where the fuck is the kids section? And this is why people this is why people have issues in their brains. Because like I'm not that small. Like I'm not smaller than the average per- person in terms of like I'm no outlier. Mm. You know what I mean? So if I have to shop in the kids section to get a belt that fits around my waist, 
what the fuck are we all being set up for? Like, this is ridiculous. Like, am I going to be buying kids' jeans too just to make them fit? Like, how much smaller can the sizes get? But then on the flip side, it's like you could go into another store and I'd be a women's medium or large or something and you're like, what the fuck is going on? Yeah. So that's just a rant about that. Like, sizing is dumb. Just buy whatever fits and who gives a fuck if it's kids because I'm currently wearing a kid's belt, yes. I mean, it looks good. It's just a black belt. It is just a black belt. And, you know, like, 12-year-old girl suits you well. There you go. This is why I don't have a career, because I look like a 12-year-old girl. It's all coming full circle. Um, I noted on my phone, so um, when I do cardio in the mornings, I listen to, like, motivational videos on YouTube. Yeah, and like that's l- on brand. Yep. Um, <laughs> just all, they're all, like, jammed together, like, all these little snippets of all these people saying motivational shit. I don't know if you've ever hit it before like that i've done a few like i've listened to a few like um gary v jordan peterson those kind of people mashed up sort of videos exactly yeah yeah. like if you type in motivational speech on youtube there's literally millions of them and they're just all the best bits of all the best people the motivational speakers yeah um but no i actually picked up one this morning so i'll note them on my phone every now and then and this one really hit hard like i almost got a bit emotional after this yeah um and it's super simple. It is you will only ever the blah. One more time. Tired. Try again. You will only ever live the life you create for yourself. Mm-hmm. Simple. You get it. It all makes sense. But it really kind of hit home for yeah. me this morning because I was like, and I was thinking and I was manifesting and I was daydreaming on the elliptical this morning about what I wanted my life to Can be. Can we also like, point out that this morning was more like this afternoon, but yeah. It was this, it was like 11.30. That's, that's basically. Early afternoon. Brina. Uh, Brina? Brina. Yes, that's a word. Use Dinner. your words. <laughs> <laughs> no, um, and it really kind of was an eye opener because I think about everything I want to achieve and all these things and it's like, I can have that if I just fucking worked harder and maybe I felt that way because I woke up at 10am today yeah you were like oh I'm a piece of shit pretty much and now I'm super tired and lethargic and I'm like this is it life is over I may as well just stop here um no you can still win back the day I'm getting there it is what is the time four in the afternoon you can still win back the day there's still like at least six hours to win back it'll be fine you just gotta make sure you do something that wins it back for the rest of the day well I'll be going back to the gym this afternoon, um, I only did cardio this morning, so I'm going to go right. I was like, this that afternoon. doesn't make any sense, but okay, yeah. Um, and then I also re-registered my motorbike. So you're going to go for a ride? I'll go for a brup brup. Um, go for a what? A brup brup. I'm going to leave that right there. Yeah, for a brup brup. Um, it's the lingo you wouldn't understand. I'm not a motorbike person. <laughs> I don't get it. I'm so sorry. That's like when the people talk about surfing, and I'm like, what the fuck did you just say? Like, what did you just say to me? <laughs> But no, and then yeah, so that was that's my morning. That's what yeah. I've got going on, which isn't a lot, but we'll try. See, again Matt's tomorrow. thing is um, nobody cares work harder. Yeah, he wants to get it tattooed on him. See, and if you actually look right there at my vision board, no one cares work harder. You there you will go. See, yeah. no one cares work harder. Tell him that he that's stole already... it from me, and I stole it from the internet. So <laughs> no, well, he knows he stole it from the internet. Um, yeah, no, we've I've been having a, a big couple of days in terms of. Um, I guess it's worth talking about. So I, uni is a thing. Um, I'm studying my master's. I don't know why anymore. I started studying because I was bored um, and thought that all of the no's I was getting, that one day I'd eventually get a yes if I had an edge. Um, So I started studying because I was bored. And then like this last semester, I've just been, it's not been good. Like it's been the thing that is ruining my day (laughs) every day. I'm like, ah, I got to do that. Yes. And I've always struggled with marketing as a subject. Um, And I think it's because I've got a slightly alternative way of thinking when Mm -hmm. it comes to it. And I like read a lot of, well, listen to a lot of um, personal development books and like entrepreneurial books and stuff like that. And everything that like they're teaching in the marketing course, like completely contradicts everything that I'm listening to. And I'm like, but these people are successful and what they're saying makes sense. And this is a marketing course that's been regurgitated and I don't know if I believe it. So I was going through like a weird thing where I was like, I was rejecting the content and rejecting working on it because I fundamentally just think it's a little bit dated. Yes. (laughs) Um, It's just not what works in my head. Mm -hmm. And I had an assignment due this morning 
and I'm well past the dates to quit things um, without academic penalty and all that kind of stuff. But I had an assignment due this morning and it's been causing me an immense amount of anxiety over the last couple of days. And last night I got home from work at like 5.30. I knew that I had to do this assignment and I sat in the bottom of the shower and cried. (laughs) And it got to the point where I was like, you know what? No degree, no job that is going to come as a result of this degree, not that it ever would, um, but no job that is going to come as a result of this degree or anything like that is worth what I feel right now. I'm going to drop the course. Mm -hmm. I'm done with it. I'll focus on the other. I've got another course, which only has one assignment left. So I'm like, I'll just finish that. I'll drop this one. I'm going to take a, a leave of absence, as they say, Yep. for the next trimester, get my shit together because there is absolutely – like once you're at a point – like it should be the way any with any degree or any qualification or anything, but like once you're at a point of master's, you're here because you're choosing to be here. So if you're not learning and if you're not enjoying the process and if you're rejecting the process, there is absolutely no reason to be there. Yeah. Like – it's just extra stress for no fucking reason. Unless you're wanting to be a teacher or something that you need the master's degree to actually get your job. Like you need to tick that box. Yep. It is not worth the anxiety that it has been causing me for the last like three or four days and the headspace and the little petty arguments I've been having with my boyfriend and like all that kind of shit. It's not worth a single moment of that just to check a box and not feel like a failure, quote unquote. Well- I agree. And we've had this conversation a couple of times. You went back, I think, at the start of this term or a couple of weeks before this term started. And I was like, why are you doing this? And you were People like, have been telling me to quit the whole fucking time. Wonderful. Excellent. Um, so back to why everyone else is right. Um, <laughs> no, it's all, it's not that I, like, I feel no, like... You, you came to the realisation before kind of doing this that the only reason you did a master's degree was so you felt like you were progressing. Yeah, Even because it I might keep not have been what you wanted to be progressing in. You yeah, know? because I keep getting no's, and now that I've sort of found another path that doesn't necessarily get benefited by it at all, it does. It does in the sense that I'm learning what I believe in mm-hmm. through learning what I don't believe in. Yeah, and like basic business practices and stuff like that and resources and things like that, like those things are beneficial. But otherwise, like it's really not worth it. Like if I chip away at it one subject at a time for the next 10 years, like I think I've got – after this, I think I've got – I'll have nine subjects to go because I would have had eight and I'll drop one. Yeah, so I'll have – because I'll have to redo it, but whatever. Um, I'll have nine subjects to go. So if I do it one semester, like one subject a semester – for nine semesters, take, like take or leave. Like if I do one semester a year for the next nine years, like I don't give a shit. Like I'm, I don't need the degree. It's yeah, it's just causing me way too much anxiety. However, it's I'm not, I'm not prepared to throw in the towel entirely just in case I regret it. Yeah, but you don't have to. You're deferring, right? I'm deferring next yeah. semester um, unless I get offered a internship with a company that I want to work for yeah the only if I if I uni next semester it's an internship there's no other option yeah um and then the plan is to pick up the marketing subject that I'm dropping in try three which is like over the summer break so then I don't lose all the work that I've done I can just like rehash the content and rejig my assignments and so I don't end up plagiarizing myself and then yeah, go from there. But I just, I think I just, the reason I wanted to bring it up is I want other people and anyone who listens to this to feel like if they're in a position where they don't, they've put in a bunch of work and they think that they have to stick something out because they've put in a bunch of work, you absolutely don't have to do that. And it does not make you a failure because you quit something because that was, that was entirely the reason I was going over it in my head yesterday was like, I was fighting between, I can't, I can't actually upkeep this. Like my workload at work has just been lifted as well. And I was like, I can't actually upkeep this. And well, how am I ever going to maintain a business if I can't maintain this life? Like that was, it was like my ego versus reality just fighting each other. And I was like, no, fuck this. I'm done. Like I can't do this. I think it's, is it sunken cost fallacy? Is that what it's called? I have no idea. 
I'm pretty sure it is, where it's like you've put in so much effort into something, like a business, for example, like you have put so much effort into a business, if it's not working, you feel like you have to keep putting money and time and effort into it because you, you've already invested so much, so much in already. Effort, yeah. Whereas if you just kind of like stopped, pivoted and did something different, you'd probably actually be better in the long run. Yep. So I think that's what it took. It took me a lot to come to terms with. Um, but I guess that's the point I'm trying to make is like, that's okay. We're allowed to yeah. have mental breakdowns and we're allowed to quit things. Yeah. That doesn't make you a failure. So that's me. Done. <laughs> <laughs> and done with masters for now, apparently. No, no, I've st- well, I've still got two weeks. I've got one assessment due in two weeks for this other subject. Yeah. Um, that I'm going to keep, which is like it's a HR subject. Um, but yeah, and then just done with masters for at least the next six months. Yeah, good. And then revisit and see what see how I'm feeling. Spend the next six months trying to put myself in a position that I can revisit it. Because um, at the moment, yeah, I'm just working really hard to make ends meet and not having any time to actually do anything to put myself forward. Yeah. Bunch of ideas, no time to put into them. Yep. So, yeah. Wonderful. So I've set a boundary with myself. <laughs> Setting boundaries with, with bleh, boundaries with yourself. Jesus Christ, I need a coffee. That was a segue and you totally fucked it up. Yeah, welcome to my life of just fucking everything up. So basically talking about setting boundaries. That's the episode topic of the day. It is. Steph needs to set a boundary with caffeine. And by that, I mean she needs to kick down that wall and just give it. No, actually, I need to set boundaries with myself and a lot of people. Um, Obviously, we all know that Steph's in therapy. Uh, We've done a couple of episodes on how that's going for me. But, 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 um, it was actually really interesting. So... Before I even, so obviously kind of laid out the law with all of the things I'm struggling with and the problems I'm having with people, yada, yada, yada. Um, And the therapist just kind of went, oh, yeah, no, so you've got problems with setting boundaries. And I didn't, I had never, not even once considered that that was a problem that I had. I mean, I had, but okay. There we are. Thanks for telling me that, all right? Pretty sure I did. (laughs) You probably did. Here we are today, all right? So, but when no, the therapist I, tells you you'll listen. <laughs> <laughs> Someone's fucking qualified, all right? Oh, my God. But no. Oh, don't start that with me. That's a whole other issue in my head. <laughs> I give great advice, but I'm not qualified. Therefore, I think I'm a fraud. <laughs> it's fine. Don't start that with me. Okay, okay. Well, well, but, um, but no, and I just kind of went, I can't believe I've never put two and two together before. And it really got me thinking um, about... Because I'm quite self-aware. It's a bit of a curse. Um, obviously not in every realm. I was going to say, we're getting there. What? <laughs> um, but no, and it really got me thinking about how I've never set boundaries with myself. Yeah. And that then got me thinking about all of the problems I've had over the years because I've struggled to set boundaries with myself and how I've blended that inability to set those boundaries with what I think will get me what I want which unfortunately is like power of the pussy. I was going to say, can you just spit it out already? Yeah. So long story short, mother, love her to bits. Um, let's just talk about one of my problems here. So love her to bits. Um, but no, she was a very powerful businesswoman, but she always told, kind of taught me or I learned inadvertently through her that using her beauty and being flirtatious and, you know, in a man's world gets you mm. what you want. So I've grown up thinking that yeah I've grown up doing that and I've children are the best imitators exactly and I've, I've kind of grown up thinking that that behavior was okay and don't get me wrong it is I think power of the pussy you can get whatever you want kind of that yeah. way but here we are again birthed like that um that's just my mindset but unfortunately because I have that inability to set boundaries it's actually ended up really kind of hurting me over the years and has put me in really really horrible situations because of it but in a weird back-end kind of way like you've put yourself in those situations because you lean into the power of the pussy thing a little bit too hard sometimes and then you really there's not much you can do well exactly right like you get too far in and you can't get back out yeah and it's and it's not and I don't want to use the phrase asking for it because I don't believe in that phrase at all but it's one of those things where there have been situations where I've been flirtations and stuff. And even as a 16 and 17-year-old where I'm a child in yeah. a world full of grown men, um, using those behaviours 
and then allowing myself to be kind of taken advantage of and not being aware of thinking you were the mass manipulator in the room when yeah. realistically you were being manipulated where really I was 16 and I was being groomed by like a 35 year old you but know? you were like I'm using my skills and beauty mm-hmm. and everything mm-hmm. and I'm winning this war and in reality you were just giving him everything you wanted exactly like for instance looking back at me as a 16 17 year old let's go 17 because it's a little bit more palatable um as a 17 year old I worked at an IT store yep <laughs> um and there were men there like grown men like 35 38 year olds with families and kids and like young kids and stuff and I'll never forget um being 17 and it was like 18 days before my 18th birthday and me saying oh my god I turn 18 in 18 days and this grown men turning around and being like oh so I've only got 18 days to sleep with you (laughs) and that's disgusting that's one of those moments that really is kind of really nudged into my memory but there there have been many instances of that over the years but would you say you he was the a a person that you used your kind of flirty Powers because, with, I, yeah. because I felt that it was okay to be that person in front of grown men without actually realising the repercussions it would have. Yeah. And looking further into my behaviours you know, in my early 20s and stuff, I've ended up in situations where I've ended up, you know, in cars with people or in someone's bed and I didn't want to be there. But I felt like because I put myself in that position that it was that I couldn't say no yeah. to yeah. things like that because I'd been flirty and everything and then when it happens and it gets turned against me all of a sudden I feel like a shit person and the next day I'm like what have I done yada 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 because I feel like I couldn't defend myself because I didn't want to like upset the other person yeah I feel like by no stretch of any imagination should we rule out the fact that these grown-ass men should not have been grooming a 17 year old like they should know better but I do I guess I appreciate your uh kind of self-awareness enough and it's it's actually called extreme ownership um the term to sit back and go you know what i contributed to this problem and yeah they absolutely shouldn't have lent in absolutely shouldn't have lent in because at the end of the day grooming a 17 year old is still highly illegal and still Mm -hmm. disgusting behavior but for you to kind of turn around and be like there's things i could have done differently to avoid that situation i think that's kind of very big of you my only thing would be would to ask you if you woke up tomorrow mm-hmm. and you were 16 again mm-hmm. but with the knowledge you have now what would you do differently I would really like to approach situations differently like I still do it I still use being flirtatious and power of the pussy to get myself what I want and to this day like it works for me and it still does but it I still have ended up in situations where I don't want to be in because I lean into my situations with men and then I turn around and do the whole, oh, no, that's not actually what I want. Yeah. And it ends very badly for me. Yeah. Right? And, it, and to this day it still does. I think the most recent example of that was probably the worst, to be honest, and obviously that was kind of just before I moved here. Um, but it's not necessarily what I would do differently. It's what I would wish I'd known. Like, looking back on that behaviour and looking back on the behaviour of older men. Yeah. I'll never forget, obviously now we're 24, 23, but I'll yeah. never forget being 14 and my best friend at the time dating a 22-year-old. Yeah. Right? I mean, I can't really talk. My parents were super young. But, 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 as a 14-year-old girl dating a 22-year-old, and at the time that was cool and that was okay and all the rest of it and she thought she was on top of the world and you were like, oh, my God, that's so cool, you're dating someone older. Could you imagine at 23 and 24 dating a 15-year-old? Not a chance. And, and what is wrong with that situation? All of it. Like, I think there's absolutely nothing wrong with age gaps in relationships when both people are adults. Like, Matt's four years older than me. Four? Three. Three in the most part. Like, he's February, I'm November, but we're birth years are three years apart. Um, But I would argue, and he would probably argue against it, but I would argue that we're in a very similar position in our lives. Like, we're in a very similar spot in our lives in what we want, what we're going to work for, like, our kind of 
morality, our ethics, what our what's the word I'm looking for? I don't know what the word is, but just like the things we want out of life. I think the difference is a 14-year-old isn't – I don't think there's any case where a 14-year-old would be on the same wavelength as a 22-year-old. No, and, and what I learned – and I learned this from my early relationship when I was 17, 18, dating someone much older than me. And I joke about it now, but I'm like, the only reason someone, you know, at 30 per se would date an 18-year-old is because no one their age will date them. Because women their age are smarter. I also think it's an ego thing. Like it's a, yeah, like not women their age are necessarily smarter, but they they want more and they will stand for more and, and all they, that kind of they stuff. They won't stand, yeah, yeah, they won't stand for the behaviours, whereas younger girls, purely out of lack of life experience, mm-hmm. will be like, yes, you know everything because you're older. Okay. I, I look back yeah. at that relationship and I'm like, what the fuck were you putting up with? You know, it was emotionally abusive. It was emotionally manipulative. It was one of those relationships where I couldn't go out on a weekend. And if I did, all of a sudden we'd miraculously be in an argument before I left the house. See, I could not imagine that. That's what I mean. I, to me, that was normal. I didn't know any different. Yeah, that's true. And because true. you're young and malleable and you ask with someone older and you think that that behaviour is okay and, you know, you might not, again, lack of world experience... You don't look for anything else, so you don't leave it because you just accept it for what it is and think it's normal. You're not street smart. Yeah, yeah. Not you don't have yeah, you don't have the the street smarts about you because nine times out of ten, unless you've got a big sister who's done all the damage first mm-hmm. before you, you're taking experiences of other fourteen year olds around you. Well, exactly. And I was actually having this conversation with someone I used to be with the other day, funnily enough, um, and we were unpacking our relationship. And, you know, we were having kind of a reflective moment and I'm not going to do the whole you, you, you because it was both of us at the time and we both reflected on that. But it's like looking back at, you know, when we first started dating years and years and years and years ago, um, had we started dating tomorrow, for instance, um, and been pulling that kind of shit that we were pulling half a decade ago, wouldn't stand for it. Different people now. Like both of us on each other's foot kind of went holy shit, like, that behaviour was not okay and I can't yeah. believe that I stood for that behaviour. So it's like, was it what we thought we were or were we just kind of different people and stood for different and, things? But that's, and, yeah. like, that's it. You just kind of keep growing and learning from people around you and other things and things you learn and you will – you at 22 is definitely not the same person as you at 30. Like, you're not going to yeah. be the same person. And Matt and I talk about this frequently, that if we'd met each other three, four years ago, we probably wouldn't be in this situation. Yeah. Like, we probably wouldn't have even talked to each other. Like, the person I was three, four years ago and the person he was three, four years ago, they were not the people we are today and we needed to grow up a little bit mm-hmm. in order to get to a point where we were the people for each other. And I'm not saying that, you know, these things can't change in the future as well because they will. And we'll yeah. either grow together or we'll grow apart and that's just how life works. But mm-hmm. we've talked about it a lot that it's like we're lucky that we didn't meet each other three, four years ago because yeah. it wouldn't have worked because neither of us were who we are now, which works. Mm-hmm. And that's the same thing I guess you have is like, and like you can't knock it because it's still valid, but like you needed to go through those things in order to become the person that you are now. Yeah. So you can't knock it, but like retrospectively, if you were to have not met him until now, your life could like your relationship with him could have looked a whole lot different. Yeah. Yeah. But you can't. Yeah. Can't knock it. Can't knock it. Like my ex, I like right now. I'm like you could not pay me to date him. Yeah. But for three years, you could you could have told me that I would marry him, have his kids, be with him for 50 years, and I would have believed you. Yeah. For three years, I would have believed that. Mm-hmm. And then now, I'm like, not my guy. Not yeah. even damn close to yeah. my guy. And I don't know what he's like now. Like, I haven't seen him in three years, or mm-hmm. however long it's been, two years. But you could literally could not pay me to date him. I yeah. would rather that balcony... Remember that balcony? I'd rather do that. Um, But at the end of the day, like, what I went through with him made me the person that I am today. 
like everything you've ever gone through in your life makes you the person that you are and all of the fuck ups you make and all of the errors and all of the lack of boundaries like you wouldn't be so aware of the fact that you have a boundary problem if you didn't have a boundary problem exactly right well I I wasn't aware of it until like five and a half seconds ago which is really scary you know because it's like and I'd say my boundary issue right now and setting boundaries with myself is being alone yeah like I've moved out on my own I have retrospectively cut everyone important out of my life it's been really hard or not everyone important but everyone that wasn't necessarily aiding to my future yep um I've tried to push them out I've tried to I'm trying to be on my own and it is so hard to be alone. And that's what that, that is the boundary I'm struggling with right now. Don't worry. Once you get there, you'll never want to go back. (laughs) Well, I know, but that's what I want. Like it's genuinely what I want. Protect your social energy. That's all I have to say to you. Exactly. And I'm, that's what I'm struggling to do. I'm struggling to maintain that boundary with myself to be like, no, don't call that person. See, you know what, you know, what's really funny is we are experiencing this concept on the complete opposite ends. Like you're experiencing it in spi- – I'm going to try that one again. Blah, blah, blah. You're experiencing experiencing far out. Talk, Emily. <laughs> um, you're experiencing it from the, the perspective of, one, you needed to make boundaries with yourself in terms of the way you treated men. Two, you needed to make boundaries with those men in terms of the way they treated you. Three, you need to be okay with being alone because I think potentially you've spent a couple of years – sort of leaning on I have a little bit codependent yeah see me on the flip side I've been so suddenly independent for so long that I need to make a boundary with myself Mm. in terms of letting my partner help me yeah and letting myself ask for help he literally sat me down Stared me dead in the eye and went, if you need help from me, you need to ask me. I do not want you suffering alone, but I won't know if you don't tell me. Yeah. That happened. I also need to set boundaries in terms of not letting other people's problems live rent-free in my brain Mm -hmm. and not feeling responsible for them. I think your big issue is taking on other people's shit. I do. And similar. It's a very... Matt put it very simply last night. It's a maternal instinct. Mm -hmm. Because I have three younger siblings. I put it down to it because I have three three younger siblings. And I've essentially raised three kids for the, like, for a part. Like, my parents work shift work and stuff. So, I came in as a third parent after school, that kind of stuff. I was the one that was sort of around. Um, And then all the stuff with my sister, like, she's got a few things she's struggling with and I feel like I've 100% let her down. So now I'm overcompensating mm. with everyone else in my life. Yeah. Where I've spent the last week of my life making sure everyone else is on track while I subsequently go downhill. Because I'm so worried about everyone else's shit that my shit's stockpiling in the corner and I've literally used all of my energy figuring out everyone else's problems. Yeah. So I think I need to set a boundary with other people in terms of you're a big girl, you can sort your shit out. It is not my responsibility. There's certain things like, you know, I would never take back for a second taking you to your scans and stuff like that. Like I would never take that back for a second. I'd never take back Matt moving into my house when he had a stalker. Like that sort of stuff. You moving into my house when we needed Mm -hmm. to get you out of a situation. I'd never take back any of that stuff. I think it's, it's more the stuff like, you know, when people around me are having meltdowns over, um, you know, their business is not succeeding or their meal plans not working, like not being able to lose weight, that kind of stuff. Like, I think it. I need to. I need to come to terms with the fact that it's not my responsibility to make it work. See, it's not. It's not even so much that. It's like I understand the meltdowns on those levels um and I'm, I'm not referring to you know meal plans and stuff I mean people in general um and I, I, we actually experienced this in my family um someone in my family has kind of always needed help and assistance always yeah and um and other members of my family keep coming to aid but it's the kind of thing where it's like you can do that to a person for years and years and years and you can be that emotional punching bag and lift them up but unless they're willing to change themselves yeah lead a horse to water right Exactly, exactly. Yeah. So it's like, it's all fun and games and it, it 
feels good on the inside to help those people for a time. But if people don't want to change their own situation, you can't expect them to not complain about it anymore. Yeah, and then if you just fix their problem for them, then they end up not needing to because they'll know they know that you're just going to be there. Yeah. And I think that's a massive thing that I need to come to terms with in terms of setting boundaries mm-hmm. is like, you know, these people often are grown-ass adults and their problems are often simply from lack of hard work or lack of rationality or lack of education, all these things, like all these resources that are available to them that I've gone out and sought on my own. Yeah. That they are more than capable of going out to seek on their own as well. Yeah. And don't get me wrong, like I know mental health plays a massive part in all of this. Like I'm not saying by any stretch that every person just needs to read a book and they'll feel better. I'm just saying that for my headspace, I need to stop taking responsibility for other people's shit. God, yeah. And it's, yeah, it's been doing me in a little bit. Yeah. The last week in particular, I feel like the only person whose shit I should even consider taking in is my partner's Mm. and he isn't giving me his shit because he doesn't he knows I'll take it on yeah so he's not he's refraining from giving me stuff because he knows I'll take it on and I've already got so much on my brain about other stuff yeah that I shouldn't be taking on don't look at me with those puppy dog eyes no like I get it because I can relate like I um I had someone in my life not too long ago and They were a good friend of mine and I genuinely cared for them and they were someone that I enjoyed having around and stuff. But, um, see, it's like, it's not so much an emotional punching bag kind of thing. It's more of like a physical crutch, for instance. Because this person would go out three or four nights a week and get absolutely shit-faced. Yeah. And then it would be always like, why do you let me do this to myself and and stuff like that? And it's kind of like, well, I'm not. You're an adult. It's not my responsibility. It's not my responsibility, you know, and then would want love and affection and cuddles and would want someone to be around to kind of heal the hangover. But it's like, I've got my own shit. Like, I don't, yeah. don't want to just hang out and cuddle and watch movies and stuff. Like, I've got stuff that I need to do and stuff I need to be doing. And yeah. there's only so many times you can do the whole, who lets me go out and drink like this kind of thing. Yeah, so you. Own your shit. It's yeah. you that's doing that. And I've had the same thing where, that, like, I've been um, kind of sh- strapped for time and I get myself stuck in these situations where I'm, like, I end up being late to whatever I needed to do because I'm babysitting someone else's emotions. Mm-hmm. And it happens in all areas of my life. Like, you know, even down to my mother. Like, she'll text me and be like, can you do this for me? And for the first time ever, I turned around the other day and said no. Mainly because she phrased it, do you want to do this for me? And I was like, no. <laughs> no, I By no stretch of the do truth do I you. want to do that for you. Yeah. But it's like, and I don't want to whinge. Whinge. This is what but the podcast it, is. <laughs> Welcome to my whinging Welcome space. to my whinging panel. Um, no, I don't want to whinge about it because, like, it's – I love the fact that people feel that they can come to me. Yeah. But they'll come to me for – advice whatever or they'll be having a moment and they'll come to me and all that kind of stuff and then they'll end the conversation with oh you should do this for work like you should actually give people advice like you're really good at blah 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 blah. and I'm like yeah okay so when are you gonna start paying me yeah (laughs) this isn't a love job you know Um, like if you have the audacity to turn around and tell me that I should do this for a living then you clearly know that the value is more than you are yeah you know like my value to you is a lot more than you're giving back to me yeah you know, you wouldn't... That's why you feel the need to say that I should be paid for this. Yeah, because yeah. you feel the need that you should be paying me for this. Well, I'm going to say to you... Now, I said this to you and I'm going to tell the podcast world. So, I said this to you when you were having problems with a recent, like, friend of yours. Um, before you made the move and everything. When you felt like you were being their emotional crutch. Yeah. And you were kind of not speaking your mind and saying the things that you needed to say. And I told you to be selfish. Yeah. I'm like, this is totally your time. This is your early 20s. If you're not selfish now, you're going to look back at your early 20s when you're 30 and when you're 40 and go, those were the fucking building years. And you spent your building years helping other people learn to be adults. Yeah. 
you know, and it was funny that while I was having those conversations with you, my mum was saying a very similar thing to me or not at the same time. It would have been like about three, four weeks ago before I moved into here. She sat me down and she went, Stephanie, don't get me wrong because you're usually pretty good at being selfish. (laughs) (laughs) I don't understand why you're not being selfish right now. Stop trying to pick up other people and stop being other people's emotional punching bag. And she said the same thing to me. She's like, early 20s. Yeah. You've got this much time Yeah. in the next 80 years. And yeah. this much is, for all of those listening, is me holding my fingers like four inches apart. Inches? Centimetres. Eh. It's, it was closer to four inches. Four but yes. inches. You know, you've got this much time in the next 80 years to actually build the foundations to your future. Why are you busy letting other people treat you like that or letting other people walk all over you a little bit over you or drag you into their shit yeah if you're smart enough and you're self aware enough to kind of create your own path don't let other people drag you down yeah no it's definitely something that has been a big conversation between matt and i it's like around conserving your social social energy mm-hmm. as well like i found particularly in the last couple of weeks where I've had a lot of this going on in terms of trying to like babysit other people and very unsuccessfully pulling it off. Like, you know, when I moved that caused some drama and I was trying to, to help the situation and everything I did made it worse. And, you know, then weeks after I moved, there was like people calling upon me to do certain things with regards to the move. And I was just like, "I, I need you all to just back off for a minute yeah and I was expending so much energy on trying to make everyone else feel okay and to make sure that I was I was not being a burden to anyone or not putting anyone out Mm -hmm. that I literally had none left yeah at the end of it all and you know my new job I spend every hour of every day making a good experience for another person Mm -hmm. like our whole focus is making a good experience and making an impression and changing someone's life if we have to. And doing that all day, every day for everyone but yourself is so draining. Oh, yeah. By the time you get to yourself, you're like, I can't fucking do this. Yeah. Yeah, and it's even down to the simple things. Like, you know how, like, the, like, age-old adage is, like, when you get into a relationship, you let yourself go? Yeah. I haven't let myself go in terms of, like, physically, like... like weight wise eating wise that sort of stuff like in gone the other way 100 percent. yeah but in terms of like personal upkeep and me time and doing that sort of stuff i've 100 let it go yeah like i used to get my hair done and nails done massages that kind of stuff when i felt i needed them like Mm -hmm. therapeutically yeah felt i needed them Whereas now I don't do any of that. And Matt kind of turned around to me last night and was like, you need to start doing that again. I don't care how much it costs. You need to start doing that again because you, your self-worth, while my self-worth is not attached to that, my self-worth is attached to the amount of time I can dedicate to myself. Yeah. And at the moment, like, I feel like I'm on the, the back burner because I'm dedicating absolutely no time to myself. Yeah. And my progression, rather than just making it through each day without, like, exploding. Which like, I joked, I joked the other day, and it was not a joke at all, that my brain literally felt like the IUD, an IUD in the middle of a soccer field. Like, it was only a matter of time before someone stood on it. Yeah. And it was just going to go. Like there was going to be one person that would say something to me that would usually not make me spark, yeah. and it did. And Matt was that person, which sucked. Yeah. However, on the flip side, something else happened that he absolutely thought I was going to flip my shit over, and I didn't. He broke the light in my room. Oh, yeah. By taking off a jumper and just lifting up his arm and smashing it. The whole, like, fan, light, everything, the whole thing. And he was like, I dead set thought I was going to be murdered, and I, was, I just laughed at him. I was just like, you fucking moron. And in retrospect, I was like, yeah, I can under- I can see where he was coming from. Yeah, I mean, in fairness, I mean, one, I'm proud of you. Two, I can see you flipping your shit. Three, 
the option that you chose to take is like new for you. No, but it didn't even. No, it wasn't even an option. Like that's it was. What I mean. It like, was literally like, I just went <laughs> sick and just laughed. I was like, "There's nothing I can do about it." Yeah. Right. Whereas you know, a tiny little thing yesterday flipped me off. Yeah. That shouldn't have. So it's like, I'm not putting enough time into myself at the moment to kind of mediate these little brain fucks that I'm having. Yeah. So I need I need to really focus on doing that. Like mm-hmm. when we did that thing this morning, the three months, six months, 12 months thing, um, three months was pretty much now, but more refined. Yeah. Like it was routine refined. It was discipline. It was focusing on myself, having a plan for myself because at the moment I'm so fucking lost mm-hmm. because I don't know. I've got all these things I want to do but I don't have a tangible way of getting them there. Fuck, that's me. Yep. Yeah, like uh-huh. I want to do all of these things that are going to be great and I know will be great, but I'm like, well, one part of it, I'm waiting on someone else. Yeah. Because I need – it's a, like a collaboratory thing. Mm-hmm. So there's that, which is fine. It's kind of driving me crazy, but that's fine. Um. But there's other stuff I could be doing in the meantime. But because yeah. I'm too busy expending energy on other people's shit, I'm not doing it. Yep. So. We all need to set boundaries in summary. In summary, setting boundaries. I mean. Well, what, what are you going to do in well, the future to change it? I haven't spoken to my therapist about how to set boundaries yet. I'm working on it. But I actually think. I think my lack of being able to set boundaries with myself comes from a place of wanting to people please yeah right like I'm always putting inadvertently yes I can be a bit selfish but I always tend to be putting other people first when I need it most and I feel like you're going through that phase at the moment as well it's like I think mine is that I don't like to see other people suffering yeah yeah my mine's more so a I feel it easier to let myself down so I don't encourage myself to do things but I'm less likely to let other people down so you're giving all your time and energy to other people knowing that you will feel better at the end of the day because you're not letting other people down but it's easier like I let myself down all the time yeah it's a lack of self-discipline right but if I'm helping other people then I get more gratification from it yeah I think it's a little bit of that I think well for you yeah Mm. I think yeah for me it's definitely I don't like to see people suffering when I know how they can fix the problem. Yeah. But I can't because I've done a lot of work on it. Yeah. Um, so it's hard, like, me being able to draw the line between leading a horse to water. Yes. And, and knowing that you can't force it to drink. Knowing that, yeah, exactly. Yeah. Like, knowing that I can't, I, I can't change people's lives unless they want me to. And, well, unless they are willing to. And I have absolutely no place in trying. Yeah. If someone comes to me and they're like, I need your help. Like, I will do whatever you say. Maybe a bit different. But I think I need to definitely grow up in terms of understanding that just because I think I know the answers and I might have the answers, Mm -hmm. but... It's not necessarily my place, nor my responsibility. Where, yeah, I think it's like it's like two stems of it. You need accountability. Yep. Whereas I just need to know that it's not my problem. Actually, not my monkeys, right? Um, can relate to that through you. Um, yeah. My dating life, for instance. Yeah. Back when I started sleeping with someone ages ago my like little rebound yeah I feel like you did that you took on a lot of my problems yeah you did the whole no but it's nice that you kind of having a moment of like yeah I'll just let her do her thing oh I've learned with you pretty well yeah that's that's probably a good example of it like yeah I've learned with you that it's like you're gonna do what you're gonna do and I can sit here and tell you it's the stupidest decision but you you gotta make your own mistakes I like, like my mum but this is literally what Matt said. He's like, it's a maternal thing. Like, yeah. I might say as much as I don't want kids right now and, like, the thought of having a kid makes me want to literally curl up and die. But 
it's a maternal instinct mm-hmm. in me. Whereas I like I will mum, I will mother people. Yeah. Because maybe potentially it's an area I feel I'm lacking in mm-hmm. in terms of maternal support. Yeah. Most definitely you're probably just compensating. You're projecting. Oh, I'm projecting. You're projecting the love that you want and that you might necessarily not have had. I don't think it's necessarily love. I think it's just, uh, I mean, I don't know. But, like, I think it's just, like, like your relationship with your mum, Matt's relationship with his mum, I don't have the same relationship with mine. Yeah. Um, It's a very different relationship and that's through no fault of her own, I don't think. It's just a... she, it was a very different scenario. Mm-hmm. Like, she was still a kid when she had a kid. And I think as a result, there's potentially some motherly instincts that I've just developed early. Yeah. Because I've had to do them for myself. Yeah. Which, yeah, I don't want to shit talk my mum. But, yeah, I think it's a little bit of that where it's like, I sort of grew up learning how to mother while she was learning how to mother. Yeah. Because she wasn't necessarily prepared. Yeah. Well, she absolutely wasn't because I was not meant to happen. But, like, yeah, I think that's probably it. It's probably just a matter of my maternal instinct is strong with everyone because I don't necessarily feel like there's someone out there to – pick me up yeah like stubbornly independent but also like yeah I don't know how to say this without my parents sounding like terrible people because they're not yeah but like they're very independent as well Hmm. and yeah maybe that's where it is I mean Matt's mom messages me all the time and so does his sister being like hope you're okay Matt's, Matt's grandma is the fucking best though she comments on all my Instagram posts the other day it was so funny the other day I posted like a, um like gassed Matt up pretty hard on Insta because yeah. he was having a moment and I was like I was like you I think I saw that yeah, yeah um I was like you're being silly don't be silly and then she commented this like Matt's grandma commented beautiful couple with a bunch of like um love hearts and then Ooh. like the previous one, I don't know, she hasn't commented up. There was one in there somewhere where she was like, um, she commented a post, like it was a my post and she posted a comment that was directly for Matt and I was like, what? Like, oh yeah. Um, yeah, it was like a gym post of me being like, um, challenge you to do something else this week or something like that and she was like I think I've done everything but I'll give it a try <laughs> and then there was like another one where she was said something about loving Matt like her loving Matt on my my post and yeah. I was like I had to show him and be like by the way grandma, grandma loves, loves you, you. yeah <laughs> <laughs> just in case you were wondering just in case you didn't see her comment on my photo yeah literally it's she's so cute but yeah I don't know there's like I think that's also possibly like an issue that I'm having in terms of boundaries is I've never really had this like overwhelming support that I have now from him and his family. Like he's very, um, there's like, I don't even know what the song is. There's like a song that's like, it's me against the world. And he will be like, it's us against the world, baby. And it's like, I've never really had that kind of support before. I've always felt like in relationships, this is going to sound really like, bad um but in relationships I've never really felt that the other person is is as obsessed with me as I am with them yeah like I've always felt like I'm fighting for their love and attention yeah essentially like proving that I deserve it whereas with Matt it's very much an even even playing field and like I help him as much as he helps me and vice versa and like you know he'll wake up from a bad dream and snuggle into me like there's no sort of like no one's playing any particular role in the relationship. Yeah. And I've never had that before. So when he turns around and he's like, he's like, I want you to burden me with your problems. Yeah. And his family are the same. They're like, I, we want you to talk to me about what you need and that kind of stuff. I'm like, this doesn't make any sense in my brain. And it's like, it's a big thing for me to kind of deal with in terms of, yeah, like, 
I feel like when I do talk to him, I'm burdening him because I take on so much of other people's shit that it almost burdens me. So I feel like I'm doing the same, but he has the capability to just like not let it live rent free in his brain. Yeah. He just hears what I have to say, gives me a solution, trusts me to action it and then moves on. Whereas I hear what people have to say, give me a solution, action it for them and take all the responsibility. Yeah, that um, I'd say that would be a toxic trait. I'm not saying it's a good one. Yeah. I'm working on it. What are you going to do to work on it? Um, I think I'm going to be selfish. Mm-hmm. Try anyway. Um, I think people in my life may get a rude shock in the next couple of weeks where I'm like, no, no, I need to sort my shit out. Mm-hmm. Um, I can't deal with your stuff right now. And if you want me to, you're going to have to pay me for my time because you keep telling me that I should charge for this. So... Come on then. And see, and that's what I like about our friendship. So we catch up once a week. We do the podcast. We give each other like a quick rundown. Of what's going on. What's going on. But we're at a point now, I feel like I'm, we're at a point there where we were all concerned about me, but I'm at a point now where we can leave those conversations knowing that we've got it. Yeah. No, and like, I think that would be, that's probably a good way to put it. I think if I aim to have all of my relationships, barring Matt, in my life be how we are yeah where we check in once a week but at, I, I wouldn't say at no point throughout the week do I think oh I wonder how Steph is but like there's no point in the week where I'm like I must check up on her or she's going to be the world's work like yeah right? I trust that you've got it you go we've got our shit going on but if we need each other we know we're there yeah exactly and maybe that's that's how I work on it is yeah. I try and get all my relationships to be how we are Mm. or maybe i just start a business of giving advice (laughs) i can't afford you but Um, (laughs) i mean you can always find money you can find money if you you can always find money but But then i'm dumb and i'm like i give good advice but i'm not a psychologist so therefore i'm not qualified so i'm just gonna keep giving it for free negative don't do that no i know i know it's fucked like, I know it's stupid. I know that... I know what you should do. But I know the shit that comes out of my mouth is smarter than half of the dumbasses on Instagram that uh-huh. are putting shit out. Like, I know that I'm better than half those idiots. But I also am like, I don't want to do more harm than good, so I'm not going to risk it. You know what I mean? Yeah. Like, I'm too self-aware in that respect. Yeah. I should just throw that out the window, give the advice, because at the end of the day, people are within their right to take it or leave it. Yeah. Like, they're adults. They can take it or leave it. Oh, my God. (laughs) Dying. That was a disgusting noise. It felt disgusting. (laughs) You you weren't inside of that. That was bad. Um, So glad I was not inside of that. mm -hmm. But um, but also at the end of the day, you kind of have to remember that people are going to make their own decisions. And if people don't want your advice, they're not going to ask for it. If they don't like your advice, they won't take it. Yeah. And that's none of my responsibility. Yeah. Like, it's... What, what was the thing? The people's opinions of you is not your, none yeah. of your business? Other people's it's opinions the same thing. Like, yeah. whether someone wants to take your advice or not, that's none of your business. Mm. You've given the advice. You've put the foot forward. You've got them thinking. Worst case scenario, food for thought. And then from there, it's on them. Exactly. And speaking of setting boundaries, I feel like I'm just going to pull stuff off of this wall, me gesturing to my vision board. So where is it? There's one over here where it's like, maybe it's still up there. I don't know. What are you looking for? I don't know if it's up there. Maybe it was on my last one. Oh, what no, is there it, it is. What does it say? Decide what kind of life you want, that you actually want, and then say no to everything which isn't that. Yeah. That's, that's my thing for setting boundaries because I sit here and I'm like, what do I want out of life? And at the time, you know, before I quit drinking properly, it was what do I want? What do I want to achieve? And then you need to say no to everything that isn't that. So you can't go out with friends just because they... Make you feel guilty. And they want to go have cocktails because they're breaking up with their boyfriend for the 10th time and things like that. You know, it's decide what you want. Yeah, well, I've definitely, and I feel like an asshole, but I've implored that with people at my new job. Like, there's certain people that I would happily have a conversation with outside of work and that kind of stuff. But there's also other people who are kind of inviting me to social gatherings and that sort of stuff. And I'm like, 
to be honest, you're not really my people. Yeah. Like, I don't want to sound like an asshole, but I've spent too long in the habits of going out to social functions to please other people and because other people get upset with me for not going. Yeah. That now I need to preserve, again, preserve that social energy for the people that I actually want to spend time with. And that is, Matt, you once a week, my, like, well, only once a week because that's what I want to spend time with you more than that. But, like, once a week. Um, Matt, you, my housemates, Mm. my, like, family, that kind of stuff where it's like, if I have an exorbitant amount of time to spend, we'll talk. Yeah. But at the moment, I have a finite amount of time to, to spend on social things. And as harsh as it sounds, I'd rather be doing it with my close people. Like, yeah. my close... I'm not here to have a million friends. Well, you want to do it with the people that are aligned. Exactly. Yeah. Right? And that want the same things. You know, you are the five people that you hang out with. Yeah. If you're hanging out with people that are not where you want to be, then you are wasting your time because you will end up where the five yeah. people you spend the most amount of time are with. Yeah, no, that's it. And I think it's... Um, yeah. I don't know what else to say. I think we've come full circle. I think I stole that show a little bit, Soz. I think that was mostly about you. Is there anything else you want to say about... Not at all. I actually... See, and I... When I first kind of spoke about wanting to be able to set boundaries and what I really wanted to learn and what I wish I'd told myself at 16 and 17, I was hesitant to do the podcast because I don't know how to set those boundaries still you know yeah. I haven't actually learned how to I've gone this is a problem I'm having let's unpack this but not actually conclude anything but I think I think that's okay I think it's okay I'd like to talk to my psychologist and get back to you all yeah about no, well, a professional's opinion on how we should all set boundaries <laughs> but not even that like we check in again in a couple of months and see whether we've done better but I think it's really important like Especially when it comes to, this is, someone actually pulled me up on my bullshit the other day because I was whinging about how I feel like I'm always a sexual object to men. (laughs) Always. And then you turn around and you use your sexuality to get what you want. Exactly, right? That's the problem. And I got pulled up on my bullshit and he turned around and he looked at me and he went, if you no longer want to be a sexual object and you actually want to be treated like a fucking person, you need to stop making everything sexual Mm. and stop flirting with people. Yeah. Your first point of go is to flirt into what you want and then you get upset when people treat you like See, that. See, I ooze married woman energy. So, like, take a leaf out of my book on that front and I'll take a leaf out of yours. Yeah, I just – it was really mind-boggling because I'm like, I don't – I don't get me wrong, I know how to behave other ways. Like, I'm not just this bimbo that uses her vagina to get what she wants. But it's – it was mind-boggling to kind of be like – I'm just very stuck in my ways. Yeah. And to go, oh, yes, no, thank you for calling me up on my bullshit. Um, I'll work on that. Yeah, and I think, like, accepting the fact that you need to do work is the first step. Mm. And that's sort of what this podcast should be and has become a little bit is, like, nobody's fucking perfect. Mm-hmm. We're all trying to figure shit out as we go. There's nothing, like... There's no hard and fast way to do anything. And if we manage to get someone thinking about their life just by talking about how fucked up ours are, then I think we've done our job. Yeah. And I don't think we need to have the answers. And I just set a boundary. So fucking proud of me. I just set a boundary. (laughs) We don't have to have the answers. We don't have to fix everyone's problems. We don't have to fix our own problems. We just need to be self-aware enough and open enough to the idea that we have them and we have work to do and we got to figure out what that work is. Boom. Mic Mic drop drop moment. Mic Mm -hmm. drop. Yep. Yep. That's it. That is it. That is all I have to say to you people. Oh, fucking wonderful. I guess we'll talk to you guys next week. Thanks for joining us this week on the podcast. Thanks for listening to us rant about how fucked up we are. But, um, yeah, I hope it helps. I hope it helps someone just, if nothing else, but to feel like you're not weird for having these thoughts. You're not weird. You're not alone. Yeah. And it really does suck that we're all trying to figure it out all the time. Now, I, as a child, sorry to just keep going here. Tangent. But as a child, do you remember looking at, like, adults and being like, wow, everything's together? 
Yeah, no, no, it's Everyone's not. just got it together. It's absolutely I not. remember being like six and seven years old and watching my older cousins at like 21, 22, 23. Oh my God, they're adults. Their lives are together. They're at college. They're in partners, boyfriends, marriage, whatever. Yeah. I'm here at 24 being like, what the fuck? No one warned me. No one told me about this. I'm a little bit upset about it. And the and knowing that this is actually life and that this is what the rest of our lives are going to be. Like I look at 40-year-olds and 50-year-olds and 60-year-olds. They're in the exact same boat. No one actually fucking knows what they're doing. Maybe we should talk about this next week. But you know what the benefit is that we have? Time. No. We know that no one knows what they're doing. We know that we don't know what we're doing. At least we're not these people who think that they know what they're doing because there is – at least we have the expectation that is, like, so low that we literally couldn't get it any lower. Yeah. Can you imagine being 24 and thinking you have your life completely together just to realise you never yeah. fucking did? Yeah. I'll take, our, I'll take our lives over that. I would much rather – know now that it's all a mess <laughs> yeah I think I don't want to keep going but it was really this whole health scare has been really nice nice little kick up the tushy yeah because not that I thought I had my life together in any sense in fact it was in the middle of falling apart when she just got worse yep. like I thought I'd reached the bottom hadn't mm. um but it was really kind of refreshing to be like oh wait yeah your entire life could change at any second I mean, it was fun while it lasted when I thought I kind of was getting there. I don't know. Yeah. I, I still have the mindset that I'm going to make this the best thing that's ever happened to me. And it's nice knowing that, like, there's no more rock bottom than where I think I was, like, three months ago. Oh, there could be. But there could be. See, and this is that rude awakening that we're talking about. There could be. You just don't know. You just don't know. You just don't know. So I'm going to enjoy it as while it lasts. And I'm going to have the hiccups, so we're going to need to end this and I really right need there. to pee. I don't know if you've noticed I've changed seating positions like 10 times in the last 15 minutes. We're really not good at staying still for an hour. It's because I'm going to wet this couch at some point. Anyway, you're wearing belts of a 12-year-old. I'm here living like a four-year-old. Like Absolutely nobody needed to know that. <laughs> I need to pee really bad, so we're going to leave that there. Thank you for listening. Sorry we did that. <laughs> we will talk to you next week. Bye. Bye. Face was just cuddles. Yeah, I cuddled a lot of men at one time. Hey, but it's a mentality. Like I was a fuckboy, and I'm willing to admit it. Have you fucked your whole past? <laughs> is the question she's trying to. Where do men draw the line? Like, I've got the breakfast and twelve or There's no. But sometimes I put like an emoji next to it to kind of hint at what kind of sex oh it was. Oh my god.